Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Tomahawk Take podcast. I am your uh, host, Jake Mastriani of Tomahawk Take, and uh, along with me, as always, is our co-editor, Alan. Hello there. And Fred. Howdy. And guys, we are through just about our first week of baseball. By the time this um, comes out, we'll probably officially be a week into the season, and one-tenth of the way through this short season, which is crazy to think about, but... Uh, it's certainly been fun. It's been uh, a lot of fun sitting down watching games. You know, I, I said last week when we were on, I'm just going to try to en- enjoy every single day that I get because you never know when this could suddenly come to an end. And after all that's happened this past week, that is looking more and more like a, a reality that it could all of a sudden come to an end. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more later. Uh, but it's also been a, a pretty busy first week of news for the Braves and a lot of stuff happening um, and I guess we'll just start with the the biggest news and that's uh, Mike Fultonavich he was you know as we know in the summer camp game or exhibition game against the Marlins Mike Fultonavich did not look particularly well and uh, the, the radar gun was indicating that he was sitting around 90 uh, with the fastball which we know is well below uh, what Mike normally throws um, and apparently the Braves said they were going to give him, you know, one more shot. I don't know whether or not they told him that specifically, but that seemed to be their game plan, that they were going to let him get into a regular season game, see if that kind of picked things up again. Maybe that adrenaline got it back, and it didn't. Um, Pulte was still sitting around uh, 90. He gave up, I think, three home runs in a row against uh, the Rays and um, got yanked early. And apparently it sounds like he was told before the game was even over, um, that they, he had been designated for assignment, uh, which, you know, I think part of that is just because of, you know, the way the players exit the, the locker room and everything now. I don't think that was uh, a slide in any way, um, but just kind of the way they had to handle things because of protocols. But definitely was big news, shocking news to me at least. Um, I thought he would have gotten at least one more shot in the rotation. I mean, this is a guy who was your best starting pitcher in the second half of last year. Um, he gave you a, a brilliant performance in the playoffs, also gave you a terrible performance in the playoffs, but for all intents and purposes was your best starting pitcher in the second half of last season. And he gets one start this year. Granted, it's in a, a 60 game season. So, you know, as Snicker said, you know, we don't have time to, to wait for him to figure it out. 
them and, and they uh, DFA'd them. Obviously, you know, Pulte was out of options. They couldn't just option them back anymore or, or they would have. So they, they DFA'd him and we now know that, that he went through the waiver process. Nobody picked him up. Braves outrighted him to Gwinnett. So he is staying in the Braves system, which again was another shock to me. I thought there was no way, uh, Pulte would make it back to the Braves. So I'm kind of glad to, to hear that. In a way, just because I, I would love for him to figure it out. But Alan, I'll, I'll go to you first on this. I mean, what were your thoughts on the whole faulty situation, how it was handled and how it played out and the fact that he's back with us again? Well, I'm not surprised, but at, at the action and everything that Alex Anthopoulos has said uh, in interviews this week, uh, he was on Mad Dog, I think, today and, and and said all the same kind of things that you had just indicated so it's it isn't like anything nefarious is going on but what surprises me i suppose is that the belief is that his loss in velocity is more related to i guess weight and strength and maybe conditioning as, as anything else yeah he did look a little thinner but uh, it's like it's surprising that he's lost virtually five miles an hour on on his fastball it, or, or more uh, just from that. I think it's a little odd that any athlete of his age and, and such would uh, be that different from one year to the next, and yet that seems to be what's the case here, and that's it, it, it's kind of nutty. But the Braves can't afford in this kind of wacky short season to wait on him to gain weight, and and that's obviously the reason that this has happened, and that's the way that things are going to go. It does put the Braves in a bad situation in terms of pitching, but uh, they're just going to have to weather that storm uh, without him, and that's that's unfortunate. But that's the way things go. It's it's a uh, I don't want to say cutthroat business here, but it is a business that rewards performance and it, it punishes non-performance, and that's what we've got here. Yeah, and I was um, you know I was listening to the uh, podcast that David O'Brien runs, and they were they were talking about that as well. The fact that you know Fulte looked uh, really skinny, uh, looked like he had lost a lot of weight, and you know that was something they indicated may have been the issue with him losing some some of his velocity. And, and Eric O'Flaherty on the podcast said you know he had the, the kind of the same issue or not issue, but kind of had the same situation where you know his velocity was down, and and his kind of solution was to put on a little more weight, and he was able to pick it back up. So, you know, perhaps that's something he can do. Uh, you know, I saw a, a tweet from David O'Brien, you know, after the news broke that he would have been outrighted to Gwinnett that, you know, Fulte was already working on regaining some of that weight. So perhaps that's all it is, and that would be great, and he can get that velocity back up and be the Fulte we saw on uh, the second half of last year. Um, but, Fred, what is, what is your kind of take on, you know, were you surprised to see a, a one-and-done situation with Fulte? Well, I'm surprised he got the start at all if his, if, they, if his velocity was sitting at 88, 89 all the way through camp. I, I sort of, uh, in a post, I, did, I didn't get up before it became obsolete. I, I said, you know, this doesn't make sense. If you've got a guy who's throwing 88, 89, and that's all he's doing, and he, you know, he top out at 91, and he's been throwing 97, 98 his whole career, you don't start him and hope he gets better. That just doesn't ring true to me. In my mind, it was more of, I don't have anybody else to slide in there. Let's hope he goes out and has a good night. And he did for two innings, and then they figured out he didn't have a fastball and stopped swinging at the slider. Now, uh, Faldi's my boy. He's a hometown guy. He's Illinois, and he, I've talked to him once or twice, and he nice guy. I want him to do the best, but without that 96-97, his, his second and third pitches aren't good enough. 
they're, you know, they can get by an inning or two, but he can't get by long with them. And if they know is that uh, his heater isn't coming. Now, as far as lack of strength, boy, you know, uh, I'll tell Tim Lenscombe he was too small. The thing about this, I remember when, you remember when Prince Fielder had that, uh, went on that diet and uh, came in and went vegan uh, for that uh, year with, uh, with the Brewers and came in and couldn't hit home runs. Maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. But I just find it hard to believe that you'd lose essentially 10% of your speed because you lost 5 pounds or 10 pounds or whatever, even 20 pounds. His leverage and his motion, his arms, is going to give him some kind of leverage on that. Now, if he's weak, Snitker said in his interview that they had strength tested him and everything was fine. Okay, that doesn't ring true either. If your strength is there, your velocity is not lost because of strength. I don't know. I, I tweeted this afternoon to somebody, the first thing I'd do is call Trevor Bauer and get a 10% off coupon at driveline and find out what the heck is going on because if it's not, if it isn't nutrition, they'll find out. If it's mechanics, they'll find out. But his career's ahead and he needs to fix that. Whether it's with the Braves or not, I expect the Braves to non-tender him. I, and maybe they'll try to sign him below bid, and maybe they'll give him, you know, look, look, Valde, nobody's going to give you a lot. Sign a minor league deal with us with a major league option. We'll give you XXX if you make major league play, and, uh, you know, we'll bonus you up, and you come back and be the guy you were. You'll make as much as you were before. Maybe they'll do that. But uh, Anthopolis, I think, believes, I believe he just meant that they have so many pitchers in line, they don't need to, they can't wait on him. Now, if they do, I don't see him. Okay? I just don't see him. And, uh, maybe Davidson comes good, and maybe maybe we hear maybe Anderson breaks through, uh, and maybe Weigel does this. But uh, 97 with late movement in the eighth and ninth inning, I don't know that any of those guys have got that. So I I, I kind of in a way think maybe a change. There's two things I think. First of all, I think there's something medical they haven't seen, and secondly, I think a change of scenery by now is what he needs. And uh, you know that's why I thought maybe. The West Coast, maybe, you know, uh, someplace out there, uh, the Dodgers or the Angels or, or somebody who's got a, a, a pitching system that really needs pitching and helps and can work with people would do it. I don't know. Uh, I want him to succeed because I think he's a nice guy. But I, I just, uh, you know, that's a shame. I, I think it was done badly. But I also think that's more to the COVID crisis than anything else. I agree with all of what you, you're both saying. I, I wish the best for Fulte, whether that's with the Braves or, or, or someone else. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I think this is kind of his last last chance with the Braves. I mean, he basically has, you know, a month here to, to try and figure it out and prove that, you know, he, he either has a spot with this team or, or doesn't. I mean, he, he made, what, $6 million in arbitration this year? Um, 6.3, yeah. Yeah, the Braves aren't going to pay that again next year in his last year of arbitration. So, I mean, you're right. He's he's likely going to be non-tendered either way. Um, but, yeah, I, I wish the best for Fulte. He does seem like a, a great guy. Uh, I know his actions on the field sometimes can turn people off. Um, but but he seems like a great guy. Uh, I'd love for him to, to figure it out. Not really sure what's going on there. Kind of hate to speculate, but it, it – it's just crazy that you would lose that much on your on your fastball in, in, in ten months. All right. So the other other big news this week is that Nick Markegas is back. 
you know, Nick Marquegas opted out before the season, uh, kind of when summer camp began. And then apparently there was this deadline, which I wasn't aware of, and I don't know that a lot of people were, that if you did opt out, I think you had till August 1st to decide whether or not to come back. It sounded like, from what I heard, that Antopolis kind of just reached out. I'm sure he reached out to Felix as well just to kind of let them know you know, there are options. There's this deadline coming up. Are you sure this is what you want? And and Nick decided that it wasn't what he wanted, that he did want to come back and, and play with the guys. And that's not really surprising to me. It was surprising that Nick opted out in the first place, just knowing his his character and his competitiveness to, to play. So, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense for him to see his, his buddies out there and see them competing and wanting to compete. Um, you know, everybody hit that quits playing ball, you all, you have that desire to, to go back in there and to, you know, nobody wants to put the cleats down. And this may have been it for, for Marquecas. I don't know. And so he definitely didn't want to go out like that. But Nick's, Nick's going to come back. Uh, the Braves, you know, could use a left handed bat. They've gone out and, and grabbed a couple and, uh, Schubler and Adams, uh, to try to get some more left handed bats. And so Nick will definitely help out there as well. But, uh, Fred, I'll go to you. First on this one, what are your thoughts on Cakes coming back? Well, I, I think they need him in the clubhouse more than they need him on the field. I really, I love, I like Riley at third. I like Camargo at third. Uh, I, you know, we didn't lose anything defensively. The offense maybe is there, maybe is not. But what we did lose from from Donaldson is that fire. Donaldson was playing at 120% of everybody's energy all the time he was there. He never. He never slowed down. He never let anybody else slow down. He was fired up all the time. And if you look around, nobody's like that now. Okay, now Swanson's like that a little bit, but but he's not as vocal about it. Um, but I think that you know that fire, the ability to re- go around and fire people up. Nick does it differently. He doesn't rah rah stand upstairs and raise pom poms and urge you to go out and do one win one for the Gipper. But he does go around and do his work every day and never give up in a bat and and all those things that he does so well. I really don't want to see him in right field ever again. I really, really, really don't want to see him in right field ever again. I think he's probably better in left field than Ozuna. But then I think maybe my Irish setter was better in left field than Ozuna. So there you have that. You know, I would like to see him as the example, as doing what veteran leaders do, and that's make the younger players better. If you look around the team, you got Flowers, who looks like he gained the 20 pounds that uh, Faulty lost, and then you know Freddie's Freddie's old at 30, and and you know the rest of the infield is is barely able to drink. And when you, I mean, oh, Duvall's a part-time player; he's not a leader. Ozuna isn't a leader. So who's your leaders on the field? Well, Swanson is a leader. Freddie's a leader. But there's, there's, the veteran stuff is important. I know people poo-poo it and they say, oh, well, that make a difference. But it does make a difference. And I think Nick brings that back. As much as I don't want to see him playing the off, uh, the field and I think his, his hits are most basically, uh, they don't produce much. I think he is a person is more important than he is a player right now. And so I'm glad that Nick's back on that. I don't know what this means for Schiebler. If they keep the 30-man roster, maybe they'll keep him. But, uh, you know, he may be gone as soon as Nick finds his bat, which, uh, as I wrote in the piece the other day, Nick can fall out of bed on Christmas Day, never having anything picked up a bat and go two for four. So uh, they'd be singles with nobody on, but he could go out and get his hits. So I don't think it's going to take him long to come back. 
uh, and uh, I, I think that uh, I think that he's going to be important. I just don't know if Schiebler's going to hang around after that or what's going to be the story. But I'm glad to have him back. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the the clubhouse um, role because I think Nick does play a huge part in that, um, especially with Acuna being kind of slow out of the start. Because I think Acuna is somebody that can bring that energy to the lineup. I mean, with him not hitting well, then it's kind of hard to have that energy. But Nick's somebody that can, you know, do it from a veteran standpoint um, as well. So I think that is huge to to be able to have him back in the clubhouse. Um, but Alan, what were your your thoughts on Marquez coming back? First thing was if if he's got that baseball itch, they got creams for that stuff to rub on. <laughs> I mean, this this is not surprising, and I'm pleased to see it. And it's continuing to add depth. Uh, I mean, there's not much more to say to add to what Fred has said here. But I I like the guy. I've always liked the guy. He is an intense player, and we do need that here. Because yeah, he he's going to bring the uh, consistency to come into the park today and tell everybody, hey, this is serious. We we can't screw around. This is exactly where we need to be, and we need to take advantage of of all the breaks we get and and make sure that we're on top of it and concentrating on everything we're doing about going about our business every day. Uh, if you don't have that, then you're going to end up with problems with. Uh, just dropping games and drop and and losing concentration on the field. Nick is a guy who can help everybody with that, and I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to, that. I mean, I, I look around baseball and I don't see a lot of depth being added everywhere, and that's or or hardly anywhere, and that's a little surprising to me. You see a few uh, bit players here and there, but the Braves have been very good at trying and, and purposeful at trying to acquire uh, talented guys for the bench. You know, Matt Adams, even, even Shebler, um, they, they've been going out there and, and making sure that they get the guys that they want, and that's going to help them down the road. And I just can't wait for him to get in the lineup and see what we can do. Yeah, that's something that – you know, Andablis has been really good at when there's been an obvious need. Um, you know, he's went out and got something. It may not always be the, you know, the bright and shining thing that you want, but you know, early last year they had Charles with a bullpen. He went out and made a couple of moves to to get some guys to help in that area. When you know Nick went down and or Nick opted out, and they needed left-handed bat. You know, he went out and got um, Matt Adams, and you know, he's he's really good about just making those small moves to try to kind of give you that depth and, and fill some holes that, that are needed. So that was definitely, you know, most of the big news this past week. Um, we also got Tyler Flowers and Travis Darno back. You know, they never actually tested positive for the coronavirus, but it sounds like maybe they both just had uh, some cold symptoms. So they're back now. I think the big takeaway from that was William Contreras looked, you know, really good behind the plate and at the plate. There's been a you know a lot of big talk about him. I know in summer camp they were talking about the changes that he made with his swing, and really uh, somebody did like a side by side of him and Acuna and how similar their swings kind of looked. But I, I was really impressed by him. But uh, any any takeaways or, or comments from you guys on the catching situation? Well, the fact that we got uh, Alex Jackson off the Schneid, yes. uh, I think is going to help him quite a bit. Really, all of a sudden the Braves are loaded at catching. And who knew that was ever going to happen after Christian Bethencourt kind of flamed out for him? 
I mean, it's been a long road to get here, but uh, we, we've got a couple of veterans. We got Darno. We got Flowers for whatever reason. We've, we've got him, but we, he's still certainly a capable uh, uh, backup for the, this team. And now we got two guys coming in, in Contreras and Jackson that are doing very well and, and proving themselves at the major league level. Never mind Shea Langoliers. So. That that's great. I don't expect all of them to stay with the team. There will probably be one of them used for trade baits in the next couple of years, but that's okay. Uh, we we've got uh, depth now that uh, this team had has never seen before at at the position, and that's really great to see. Yeah, the the, uh, the the difference between now and the time when Javi Lopez was catching for us is that now teams don't let their catchers catch more than 80 games a season. If a, team, if, a, if a catcher catches 120 games a season, that's really a stretch these days. They'd like to rest them, keep them fit, and that makes sense. And now we can do that. Uh, you know, I think that uh, the, the, when Ed Jackson and, and Contreras were, because I used, used to sit back there and get beat up with baseball, but I like watching them behind the plate. Both those young men are better defenders than Tyler Flowers, both of them, right now. Yeah. Maybe they don't have the resume the Flowers has, but I've never seen a resume get a hit. So I think that I think that they're both good enough behind the plate to step in right now, and we would not miss Tyler Flowers. Now Darno is back, and Darno is really a good catcher. Uh, I was worried about him staying healthy at 162, but he should make 60 without falling apart. So I'm glad Darno's back. I think that you know uh, Ajax getting his hits was really good. I was impressed when he went out and, and talked to, I believe it was Newcomb, well, went out and talked to him on the mound and said, look, settle down, do this, do that, let's do this, get out of this inning. And he went back there and, and the pitcher came in. I think it was Newcomb. It may have been somebody else. But, but it was. Newcomb, but he went out and he talked to Newcomb, and it, it was a one-way conversation. Yeah, he went out and he talked, and Newcomb listened and nodded his head. And then he went back, and Newcomb got out of the inning. I didn't, haven't seen Contreras. I'm not going to say Contreras can't do that because the boy can certainly hit. And he's got a he's got a cannon mounted on his on his shoulder for an arm, so I, I like him too. I think probably he's the better of the two defensively. And you know, I think one of them. I think you'll see Contreras on the taxi squad when they go on the road again, because they have to carry one of those three. Has to be a catcher. But Darno's back. Uh, I'm glad they put flower the flower pot back at the home plate tonight, and I'm glad to see him get if he can find the plate. Uh, but I hope that uh, Darno does most of the catching. I hope that we don't see flowers very often at all, and because I just don't think he's very good anymore. He's he's older and he's slower, and that happens to catchers. Um, the depth, I expect. Yeah, I agree with Alan. One of them is going to be traded is probably Ajax if they can get something for him um, that's worth it. Um, I'm worried about the pitching. I think the, I think right now suddenly we look pretty good offensively in in everyday players. And our pitching depth is not turned up yet. So that's that's my sort of thing. I'm glad to have him back. I'm glad to have Darno back particularly. Uh, and I think we'll be fine with those boys. The only other uh, news item I wanted to mention, you know, we talked about the catchers coming back. Uh, the other thing is Will Smith has uh, finally been cleared uh, and is working his way back and sounds like could be back uh, during this, this long homestand, uh, which will be huge for the bullpen, as Fred mentioned. And I know he's probably referring more to the starting pitching, but, you know, even without Will Smith, that bullpen just looks a little bit shorter 
are not quite as deep. Um, so really glad uh, to hear, you know, Will Smith is making his way back. You know, obviously the big acquisition of the offseason, really excited to see him get out there. Any thoughts from either you on, on Smith coming back? Glad he's coming back. I saw that Bowman said maybe next week. He said about this time next week he'd be ready. Okay. I'm glad he's coming back because I think the bullpen needs a lefty to go with Matt Maddox, uh, who has been really good. I'm just not sure he's going to hold up over the long term. And, you know, quite frankly, Grant Dayton can go, uh, go to Dayton as far as I'm concerned. I don't think he's capable of – I mean, he's a mop-up guy, and I don't really need him as a mop-up guy in the bullpen. We've got Tallman down there. And I just, I just think that uh, having having him back it adds somewhat protection for a closer who's back locked up before he got out, got a chance to get up and warm up the other night. That bothers me a little bit. Uh, but I want to see Smith back out there because I want to see something for the money and the and the draft pick. Uh, but mm. uh, other than that, uh, you know, I think the bullpen the bullpen's good. It's our starters that we're having trouble, and that's that puts a load on the bullpen, and that right. makes Chassine and and Tomlin more important. But it also makes the shorter men harder to deal with since uh, Snitker apparently doesn't like to run them back-to-back anyway. So, uh, you know, we, we'd lose guys because we used Green tonight, and, and we couldn't didn't use him last night, and so he won't be available tomorrow night, But he'll be, even though he threw one pitch tonight. Uh, and that sort of bothers me a bit. But I, I'd be glad to see Smith get back out there and, and striking people out because that would make it like a four-inning or five-inning game. Yeah, and I tell you, it, it, even though there have been problems with the bullpen to this point, it's nice that they are actually throwing strikes, getting people out, not walking guys. Luke Jackson did a yeoman's job uh, last weekend when, when he was called upon to do two innings. I tell you, the this is night and day difference from what we've seen in the last couple of years, and I'm just so glad that uh, they went out and got all this uh, bullpen depth to to use. Now, once we get it, once we can use it, that'd be great. But yeah, we also need starters to to get it to them, so that we don't burn them out this first week or two. That could easily happen, by the way, with twenty straight games. So, yeah, yeah. And I think that kind of leads us into our, our next conversation, and just talking about some new possible rules and things going around the league. It just uh, was announced today that they'll be having seven seven inning double headers. Um, starting August 1st, uh, and also the possibility of 30-man rosters being extended uh, as far as, you know, how long teams will be able to use 30-man rosters. That was only supposed to be for the first two weeks of the season, I believe, and it's looking more and more likely like that could be extended. So, Al, Alan, you probably have read more about this than I have because I, I just heard about the news when we got together here. I haven't had time really to read much up on it, but... What are your your thoughts on the seven inning double headers and um, possible rosters staying at thirty man? I think that's going to put a premium on pitching even more. Uh, the the teams that have the better pitching going are are certainly going to be able to take uh, full advantage of these double headers. But I mean the the reason that we're even talking about this has to do with well pretty much the Marlins and <laughs> and the fiasco that they've created by. Uh, having some guys uh, not pay attention to the protocols and, and infecting their entire team and half of the, the National League East. It, that just frustrates me because here we are uh, in a short season anyway, and now you're having to cancel games and or uh, create artificial double-up headers uh, like this in the first place. It, it makes sense that they're doing this change 
for, for the sake of trying to limit exposure to pitching getting uh, reamed with these extra double headers that that are probably going to happen all over baseball once. I mean, we've already got uh, the Phillies being canceled now through the weekend. Matchups that we expected to see are not going to happen. Mat- schedules are going to be changed on the fly. Uh, again, it's a, f- a fiasco is the word I'm, I'm thinking of here, but they're trying to make the best of it, uh, I, I suppose, and this is just one way to do that. I'd good on them for trying, at least, is to, to give us some semblance of a season. Yeah, Fred, it sounds like uh, the Marlins may have hit up your favorite uh, Atlanta spot uh, while they were in town and, um, you know, really thrown a wrench into the, the season here. Yeah, I, I, the Marlins are younger than the Braves team, actually. And when you get a bunch of young guys there who think they're bulletproof, they think, well, we'll just go down here and get a little this, we get a little that. We'll be all right because we're young and strong and healthy. And they don't understand that young people get sick, too. So the whole thing with the, the Marlins has caused a big kerfuffle. Now, with the seven-inning doubleheaders, you're still going to have a man on second base if it goes to eight innings. And all the rules are going to stay the same. It's just they're going to chop two innings off the end of the game. Here's a little neat little thing. The Cleveland Indians, have, every starter the Cleveland Indians have run out this year, have gone six innings. That hasn't happened since the, the, the 93 Braves. Okay, So the Indians are really smiling about seven-inning doubleheaders because they can do that because their starters will go out and give them six of those innings. And it also makes things better for people who have good bullpens like us because now that starter, he only has to go three innings because the bullpen can pick up pick up the next four if you get Smith out there with those guys. I don't know, you know, at one point they were talking about let's just shut the Marlins down for the year. The problem with that is they, they're supposed to get part of the money. I think the other owners would give it up just to get them just to get them uh, uh, out of the out of the system right now. But it creates big dead spots in the roster when you play these teams that the Marlins are going to play with the Phillies. The Phillies aren't going to play for – they had two people on the roster test positive, so they're going to be out again. And it wasn't their players. It was the off-field people. But they're going to be out again for another five days. So they won't have played a game for a week when they come back. That's going to mess their timing up. It's going to mess up everything for them. It really makes the Phillies take a step back in terms of what you can expect from them. And it'll put the hitters farther behind the pitchers than they already are. I think it, I don't think it hurts the Braves so far yet because we haven't run into that system. But I think that it's, it's something they absolutely had to do if they're going to get any kind of games in. I just wonder what happens if this happens at the end of September with team that's going to the postseason. In other words, let's say the Dodgers. It happens to the Dodgers out west where they get somebody goes out. In LA and comes back and gives it to the, to the seven guys in the in the Dodgers starting lineup. What happens then? I, I think that this is this whole thing can, is still a house of cards. It's still Jenga, I guess. You pull the pull the pull this thing out and hope the rest of them doesn't don't fall down. So I'm I'm more confident we're going to make it the end of the year because MLB and the MLBPA really want that money. But uh, it's it's not a it's not a done deal yet. Uh, good luck to them. I like it. Uh, let's just not see it next year. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of things that are happening this year that I'm just living with, um, but I never, I never want to see it in a in a normal season. I've actually found myself enjoying the extra inning rule. You know, I think it adds a little drama to the to it. I watched the Dodgers and Astros uh, go 14 innings last night, and you know it was exciting. It was almost felt like playoff 
baseball a little bit. So I think it's fine in a regular season. I wouldn't want to see it in a postseason. But, yeah, it's going to be a year of experimentation, and you're just going to have to get games in where you can because I think stuff like this is just going to continue to happen if you're not going to cancel the season. And like I said, I don't think they're going to because this is their their shot at getting getting paid. You know, you're going to have to just deal with it as best you can and, and try to fit games in where and how you can. And lastly here, we'll just kind of recap on the, the week of games for the Braves and just kind of some standout performances that, that you guys have seen over the first week and maybe what, you know, the weakness, uh, something that worries you about the Braves. So, Fred, I'll start with you on this one. What's been kind of your takeaway from this first week of games? Dansby Swanson. Hold your hand up if you said Dansby Swanson was going to be the RBI leader after the first week. And be the be the man who's who's driven in the most runs for the Atlanta Braves and been the been the spark in the lineup when the top three weren't hitting at all. I mean, the top three couldn't spit and hit the ground to start the season. If it wasn't for Swanson and, and Enciarte and the and Contreras and those guys at the bottom of the lineup, the Braves would have been up a creek. But Swanson was he was on he's still on fire. He's still getting hits. He's still driving in runs. Uh, he's he's so far been the best best player out there for us. Oh, hello. Uh, sorry, watch yeah, the baseball watch game. This. <laughs> <laughs> watch the ball catch there. Uh, the, the, the disappointment for me has been, uh, faulty Newcomb, um, and, and to some extent right. Uh, I think that one thing I wanted to, I missed saying earlier on that I wanted to say was earlier tonight, uh, you, when, when Max got in trouble, you saw Flowers go out the mound and try to talk Max into something, and Max sent him back behind the plate. Now that would not have happened last year, and that's a good deal. Max said, "I'm pitching my game," and got it in there. I think that the the pitchers are maturing, uh, Soroka and and Freed particularly on top of it. And I think that uh, uh, Glavin said it here, and somebody else said it on another network. Wright tried to change his game too much in the third inning. Uh, just do what you do, and if they hit it, that's fine. But until they can hit it, let's not do that. And uh, I think that's going to come back. I think Wright's going to be good. I just don't know if Chassin and and the player to pitcher to be named later is going to be good enough at the back of the rotation. So the rotation bothers me. Swanson's been good. I'm I'm a little worried about Ozzy's bat. I'm a I'm a, I'm a little worried about Ronnie's bat too. But I think Marquez coming back is going to help that. And that's an odd thing to say, but I do think that's going to happen. And I'm not really sold on Melanson at the back of the game, but I don't really have any choice now. I simply say, go, go, Mark, go. But that, that's where I'm at. Yeah, and Alan, what, what have you seen to this first week? Well, rather than rehash other stuff that uh, Fred's already said, uh, I was a little surprised that Marcelo Zuda came out hitting mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and driving the ball, uh, especially opposite field, because that was the one of the things that has been missing from his game while he's had a bum shoulder the last couple of years. Uh, the fact that he's able to to hit the ball to the opposite field uh, tells me his shoulder's fine and and that's great uh now why he's still playing in left field that's another story but uh the fact that it is is he would not have gotten the ball that uh, Duval certainly uh do for just a, a couple of minutes ago here in the ninth inning of the game on Thursday against Tampa so 
it, at least we're making the defensive switches that we need to do there. Have the Braves made an error yet? Uh, <laughs> I may have missed it, but uh, uh, certainly the defense is really doing well. And on top of all that, I, I have been real impressed at Austin Riley's defense at third base. He's playing it like a, a 10-year veteran. He, he's, it's not like he's making picks uh, like Pete Alonso sometimes has done, like, Olay, hello, I found the ball. He's making picks like he planned to do it that way and, and has confidence in doing it. I am very impressed with what he's been doing, and that's certainly given the, the this team a lift. The entire team defense is, is doing very well, and in a game – in a season where everything is magnified, that's going to be excellent if that keeps up. And I'm glad to see it all the way around. Yeah, I guess kind of just to echo what both of you were saying, I think my biggest concern right now is the is the starting rotation, which is just crazy to think about when you go back to the first spring training. You know, we had three guys who were battling for the, the fifth spot, um, you know, and the starting rotation seemed that deep. And, and now we have two guys and – pray for rain, you know, in the, in the rotation right now. And I, I do have confidence in, in Cal Wright. I want to see him a little bit more. We, we just got to see him gain that confidence at the big league level. He's got it. He can do it. Uh, I just don't think he has the confidence in himself yet. So I, I want to see him, you know, gain that. Uh, and then I think he'll be fine. Newcomb's the one that, that worries me the most right now. It's just with him, I, I think it's a, a head case. And we really, really need him to to be good. You know, like you say, Chasin and Tomlin, those guys, they, they're good for what they are. They're going to come in and, and throw strikes. They're going to they're going to get guys out and, and eat some innings. But you know, can they do that? You know, consistently for five or, or six innings as, as in a starting role? I, I'm not sure um, that they have that in them. And so we need somebody else to really step up behind Soroka and Freed in the starting rotation, like you say, I mean, we're going to continue to just tax this bullpen uh, if we keep having these four-inning outings, and, and nobody wants to see that. And, and I guess I, I wanted to bring this up with a 30-man roster, you know, as well as some of these games are just ugly and and somewhat boring, in my opinion, because of all these pitching changes and because pitchers aren't going long in games. So I do want to see rosters get – you know, drop down eventually. I, I know it's just kind of a weird season. That may not happen, but as far as a viewing experience, I think the 30-man roster is not not great for the game because um, it does give coaches the something to fall back on. If starters not doing doing well, let's take them out in the third, and we got plenty of arms to, to throw out there. But I have a bulletin. Tyler Flowers just threw out a run to the base. Yeah, praise the <laughs> Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Uh, that's the seventh seal, isn't it? Uh, been opened. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that's helpful. I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> uh, well, and the only thing is, the pitch was a strike, but because he jumped up to to catch the ball and throw him out, the umpire couldn't see it. Uh, I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, a, we'll, I will we'll take, take I'll that take trade out. <laughs> um, so I'm also just kind of rambling here because there are two outs in the ninth, and I want to see if we can get this game in before we wrap it up. But as far as the hitting side of things, you know, like say Acuna, I'm not worried about it. But I would feel a lot better uh, if he's if he had a three hit game here in, in the next couple of days. You know, him being behind on the high velocity stuff, you know, that makes sense. 
early in the season and the arms that the Braves have seen. So I, I think that's just a timing thing, and he'll get that back. He actually had some really good swings um, tonight in this game against Tampa. He drove two balls to the opposite field, first of which I thought was gone or at least off the wall, and Renfro caught it right at the wall. Uh, and he stung another one later in the game, a line drive right at uh, Renfro, Renfro in right field. So uh, he's he's showing signs of, of getting back to normal. And once he gets going, I think the, the offense will just take off um, because it is a deep lineup. It can be a dangerous lineup, but it really has to have Acuna going at the top of the order to get things going. And Melanson gets a strikeout there, and the Braves split somewhat of a four-game series uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays and and get the win there. So that pushes them to four and three on the season. And Melanson, wow. Melanson knows Duval dinner, uh, yes. big dinner, big time. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe yeah, maybe flowers um, too. Yeah. Well, maybe. So, yeah. Will, Will Smith. Will Smith coming back Appetizer. soon. But. Yeah, Kiermaier slides. He's safe. That's, that's yeah. That was a weird looking uh, slide. It was like he was trying to check up and figure out, okay, how am I getting into this base? And <laughs> yeah, I think he thought he was catching and he got outrunning. Yeah, something cost him there because uh, if he slides uh, with any kind of evasion, I think he gets in there. Oh sure, uh, but I want to thank him for not doing that. Yeah. Coming up next, the Braves have a four game series. With the Mets, unfortunately, they're going to catch DeGrom, I think, on the fourth game of that series. Sunday, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, Sunday, they, yeah. So they just almost missed him, but unfortunately, I'll have to deal with that again. And then they got the Blue Jays the middle of next week uh, before, before facing the Phillies, going on the road to face the Phillies and the Yankees. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm, I'm a little worried about the, the, the Blue Jays have got those kids, and I'll tell you what, that that lineup is young and strong and they're all baseball rats they're not scared of anything right uh, you know that's that's a that's a potent group up there um as far as the first week just finishing off uh braves had had a good first week they they go four and three and i think there's definitely some good signs there some uh concerns with the starting rotation uh, we'll see how that shapes out over the next week but that'll do it for this uh episode of the tomahawk take podcast as always, appreciate all of you that listen and stick around to the end uh, through our rambling. Wanted to get through the end of that game there, um, but I appreciate it. Make sure that you uh, check out the site, tomahawktake.com. It will have uh, daily content on there, uh, and make sure that you have it, that you subscribe to the Tomahawk Take podcast. Uh, we usually upload an episode every uh, Saturday. Um, so with that, I will wrap this up, and you guys have a good week. This admittedly delayed edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are ours and ours alone, all rights reserved. Some of the musical selections used today come to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. These are pieces by Kevin McLeod entitled Heartwarming, Gold Rush, and Onion Capers. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other selections used come via rights purchased by TomahawkTake.com. Hey, thanks for listening today, and may your podcast be a little less time-sensitive than this one.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.